Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. Hey, welcome to the Deeper Dive. Gentlemen, it has been a while since we have all been together. This is Dave Dawson. I'm with the three pastors from Bethel Church, from out in the valley all the way to the Tri-Cities, and you three guys have had a rough couple of weeks. It has even impacted the, the Deeper Dive. All right, what's happened? Let us in on. What's up? Yeah, I think what's happened is what's happening in our region and even in our country to us. So we have had some sickness. So we've had a, a break because of uh, Christmas and New Year's uh, and came back into the new year into sickness, like a lot of people that are listening to this probably. So we've all been, I think, wrestling with that either through our family or extended family um, over the last couple of weeks. But it is, it's good to be back in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're back. That's the that's yeah. the key. We're back. And healthy. And ready to rock and roll. Well, it's good to see you guys. Good to be together again. Well, in the last couple of weeks, we have actually reviewed our three key relationships. Those three key relationships being our relationship with God, uh, in the church family, and then our relationship with the world. So we're preaching them. We've highlighted them at the rooted introduction. We've just... Um, and then today, we're going to go ahead and touch on those first two, our relationship with God and then our relationship within the family of God. So why, why such a heavy re- emphasis on these three relationships? Well, Dave, when, uh, as we were looking at what a disciple is and what a spiritually healthy disciple looks like, it seems, and, and people have cut this up in lots of ways uh, over, the, over the years, um, but it seems like people that are spiritually healthy are strong and growing in three relationships. And you just mentioned them. They're growing in their intimacy with God. Uh, they're growing in and with a community of believers, and they're growing in their influence in the world. So um, it was really interesting. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and a church is kicking off a brand new series for this year, and they're focusing on three relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, any guess as to what those three relationships are? Mm-hmm. They said, hey, we're going to focus on God and church and the world. And I was like, man, I see it all over the place, and perhaps other people have. It's been described as kind of the up-in-out relationship, know, grow, go. Um, there's lots of other ways. Love God, love others, live sent. Uh, another guy over the break, I saw him post this way. He said, um, it's about communion with God, community with others, and being a part of the co-mission, the commission that God's given to us. So mm-hmm. this language is all over the place because it's it's biblical language, right? It's what Jesus spent his time and energy investing in. Mm-hmm. Well, it, plus I think, Jason, if so many people are doing it, there's a reason for that. Yeah. It's not just that it's like, uh, you know, pithy or whatever. It, there's it's just flat out truth yeah. in it. This is where we live. This is these are the these are three key relationships. And by the way, I like I like the word relationships. I like the way we have done it. Mm. So today we're going to talk uh, once again about the first two relationships that is with God and then with the family of God. But in particular, uh, how they help us to maintain our peace of mind. So peace of mind is a pretty big deal. You know, especially in the last couple of years, we've all really struggled with it. So how, how have you guys, you, you three pastors, how, how has your relationship with God helped you to maintain some kind of peace of mind during the last few years? So I, I like uh, 
viewing these relationships as, as a lens um, to which I can view my, my, my life. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and if I can, if I have the, if I have the lens of, if I'm looking at things through the lens of my relationship with God, uh, that helps me and change, it kind of colors a little bit of how I'm, how I'm going through my, uh, my life. Um, if, if I have no, uh, category at all for a relationship with God, and, which is what a lot of people, how a lot of people live, there are so many missed opportunities to either understand the world, understand the current events in the world, understand my place in the world. But if I have that, if I have the, if I'm looking at all that through, through this lens of my relationship with God, suddenly for me, things make more sense a, a little bit. Um, the, the the battle of of an enemy and a, and a creator going on in the world suddenly things things begin to make more sense uh, in in my mind. Um, it's, it's almost like a worldview. It's a worldview. Yeah, totally is a worldview. And 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 really, what we're talking about is a biblical worldview. Um, and it, it this this viewing things through this relationship with God um, that I have peace with God is the. Is the is the language that that uh, Adam used a couple weeks ago that we have peace with God? Yeah, it's, it is. It's a biblical worldview that helps me understand what's going on in the world around me. Help helps me give peace. It gives me peace of mind. Anybody else on that one? How yeah. is? Um, oh, I'm sorry. You know. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, there's so many ways to to cut up, and the, the word peace is a great word um, to use. Because I think Dave, your question was how how's your relationship with God helped you to maintain peace over you know let's say the last two years? Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, if you don't have like Brooks is talking about not just uh, a lens, but if you haven't had an anchor um, to hold you over you know these last two years, um, man, the 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 storms of our day and the storms of life have been raging. And so if you don't have an anchor that holds you, that anchor is that that peace that you have, that you are not, there's not an animosity between you and God. There's actually a relationship that's available through Christ. Um, and so I think that's it first and foremost. But also, um, it's not just about peace like out of the gate. Um, it is also uh, a peace that grows and expands and um, we seek to actually experience this peace peace with God in an ongoing way. It's not just, you know, we're, we're at odds with God and so we get back to neutral. There's actually this growing and thriving relationship because of that peace that things are being restored mm-hmm. and they're being redeemed uh, even in the midst of chaos. So that's what I would say is I've seen it as an anchor for, for my soul, um, but also something to run to and attempt to grow in when everything else is chaotic and falling apart to, to seek the peace. So I think you've hit on a couple of things, Jason, already to answer this next question, but how, how is Christian peace unique from any other kind of peace? Because it's not like we're the only ones who have a corner of the market on desiring peace, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like every religion in the world, every philosophy they they claim or at least want to help drive people toward having some kind of peace. How are we unique? 
and maybe in one sense, what sets Christianity apart is that it's not peace is not really you know dependent on us as individuals to create some kind of peace for ourselves. There's like this uh, subjective. Well, I just I, if I can just do these things or correct this relationship over here or get the right job or get the right amount of money or isolate myself and stay healthy in all these kinds of ways, and I can experience peace. And you run after those things, and you, you find out that maybe it brings a relative peace for a moment, but it's not a lasting, deep kind of peace. Christianity offers peace that someone else gives you, and it's stable because it's it's God, and He's the creator of the world who holds it in his hands and holds you in his hands. And so there's this, there still is that work of putting your trust in him, but he's the one who's largely responsible for giving us his peace, that peace that passes all understanding. And so um, I think it's pretty cool. So Adam, like that, I mean, there is a peace that can come from, you know, uh, temporary events, your children do right. school, whatever, or, uh, you know, there's other things you can do to get, give you kind of a temporary peace, but, like our piece is based on the reality of a relationship with God that was given to us because of what Jesus did on that cross. Yeah, right. and, and that that legal that legal work I, translates. Yeah, I'd say legal and transformative relational. I mean, he's he's not just the God who has a verdict of you know not guilty anymore, but he's the God who even before Jesus you know lived with his people and then through the Spirit has taken up residence in us and there's actually a fellowship and communion with him that no other religion gives you and no other, um, we wouldn't call it religion, I guess, but any other lifestyle where you're trying to seek peace really gives you. Yeah. It's, it's you and yourself and maybe the people you invite in your life, but you don't have the living God living in you in all times through every circumstance. So, uh, Jesus in John 14, 27, this is <clears throat> what Jesus says. This is the upper room discourse, he's talking to his disciples and he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Hmm. And then he says this, not as the world gives, do I give to you. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I kind of took some time to think through, okay, the world, not, not as the world gives peace, do I give it to you. So the, mm-hmm. I, I think kind of to get to your point, Dave, that the world does give peace, but it gives a very different kind of peace than yeah. than. Jesus gives peace with the creator. Right. Um, that is what you're saying, Adam. But, you know, the world gives a whole bunch of different peace. You know, we can have financial peace by a large 401k or a Roth IRA or your retirement account, right? And and that gives you some some level of peace, but it also could vanish very quickly. That's not stable. That's not stable, right? right. Uh, you know, we have locks on our doors, or we have a, a sec- alarm security system in our house that g- to try to give us some sort of peace against the evils in the world. But that can also be bypassed, and the right. grid could fall down, or whatever. You know, or when you're living in, in like the wealth of your four hundred one k, and you realize you're still lacking something. Yes, in a relationship with God, you yeah. can have all, all the things you want, but you still are fearing all kinds of things that you fear when you don't have God. Jesus shows, I, I, in the Gospel of John, after the cross and the resurrection, he shows up with the disciples. You know, they're all terrified in their home. They lock the doors. And <laughs> Jesus comes and shows up, you know, and he says, like, peace I give to you. So yeah. even like after his resurrection, he comes with a, a level of, like a message of peace for them, which I always found is super I went to a, a class the other day that we're offering through the Institute. It's on suffering. Kelly Templeton and mm-hmm. crew are teaching it. We had four people there in that first class that, had lost husbands or wives, mm-hmm. had kids that have chronic conditions, life-changing conditions. I mean, just some uh, 
children who are, uh, you know, addicted to various substances and stuff. I mean, just very powerful suffering. And man, I tell you, in that, in the rawness of them sharing it, there was a peace there. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Um, you know, Jason, you, you start out start off just talking about the craziness of the last two years, man. In that class, that that goes beyond craziness. Mm-hmm. That is a, a, a level of suffering that is mm-hmm. that is profound, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the peace that they demonstrated it it was truly otherworldly, but it was real, right? I mean, the fact is, they talked about how hard it was, but it is but it is their relationship with Christ that has and is getting them through this thing. Mm-hmm. Is there? Is there? Okay, I mentioned. I'll mention Kelly Templeton and these some of the other people from that class who are actually role models for the rest of us. Are there any? Is there a person from the Bible that you really like? You look to for um, that person has demonstrated peace in really hard circumstances. And the first person that I think of is Paul, and you know, there's a couple of times where he just gets out the list of mm-hmm. all that he has endured for Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of like sloughs it off, you know. He talks about the beatings and the lashings and the imprisonments and all mm-hmm. of those other things. And um, he he seemed to, uh, by his own admission, not not just endure those things, but I think walk through them in in a pretty um, I don't know peace filled right. to use that word way. Um, so that's the first person that comes to my mind. Right, the guy that was like, "If I live, it's great because it's for Christ, and if I die, it's even better because mm-hmm. it's." For gain in Christ, like yeah. it's, I could go either way. Like I don't know that I've ever had the level of peace where I could say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just full, full disclosure. I think of Esther. <clears throat> uh, she had a million reasons to be nervous, scared, um, and she probably was <laughs> yeah, approaching approaching the king. But uh, she had peace with her with with what she was tasked with. Going into the king is like you said, all right, if I perish, I perish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. So we've got some, uh, we have a basis to live lives of peace. We have role models in the word that show us what it looks like to live with peace in extremely hard circumstances. So that, you know, that, that first, rela- that takes us back to that first relationship, our relationship with God. Um, the second one is the relationship with other people, and specifically the people in our church. So in the same way that our relationship with God has this profound impact on our peace of mind, the second of those three relationships also has a great impact on our, our peace of mind. So, I mean, apart from losing somebody to COVID, um, one of the ways that the pandemic has most affected people's mental health has been through this I'm, not, I'm really not trying to be political here, but it's been an, an enforced isolation, separated from the people of God and stuff. Why, like, why is isolation so deadly to human beings? And before we started uh, recording, I was talking to Adam. He, he asked me how I how I was doing and stuff, and so I got sick over this last right after New Year's Eve and. Um, ten days in my house. Thankfully, my wife and I had just gone on a big Costco run, so we're all stocked up for food and everything. But it's like, uh, yeah, we were in our house for ten days, and I love my wife a lot. Uh, 
<laughs> but I, I, I was a little telling you start off with that there. I, I, was, I was. I think. I think we. I'll just say this. Her and I were both ready to get out of the house and see other <laughs> other faces. Uh, Think about Charlotte, man. She's probably like, you guys both need to get out of here. Give me some space. Whatever. Charlotte doesn't know what's going on. She just, she just. <laughs> life loves. is good. Yeah, life is good. She just plays with her toys day in, day out. Uh, but I, I man, it, it showed me something that we are not meant to live in isolation from from others. And I know there's a whole bunch of different people out there. Some people really, really enjoy uh being alone, and, and that's—I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But even if you're an introvert and you like being alone, you, you still need other people. Yeah. Uh, and I could see how maybe it was the sickness, maybe it was isolation, but I could see how, uh, man, those ten days were starting to wear on my mind and my spirit. I was becoming uh, less enthusiastic. I was becoming uh, uh, a little bit more depressed, a little bit more despondent about. Things, even though I had nothing, nothing to be hopeless about, and it was, and and then when I started getting back to work and being around people a little bit, it was like it was like just snapped for me. I snapped the, the out mojo of, coming back. Oh man, yeah, such an extrovert. So I, I, I know I am such an extrovert. I'm like, I love you guys. Let's hang out. Uh, but I do think that there, it's, it's baked into into us uh, from our Creator. We are supposed to be in community. Like from the very beginning, what do we see God say? Like it is not good for man to be alone, mm-hmm. um, and that that is about a husband and a wife, but that is also just flatly about community. Mm-hmm. It's not good for man man to be alone, mm-hmm. um, and so I think this is pointed to that. It's maybe even proven that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to add to that, I mean, you were ready to be back, right? There, there are people that they do like to be alone. And for them, ten days away from everybody just seems like absolute joy. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's the start. Them. But the reality is, whether you like it or you or you despise it, it's not good. Mm. I mean, I think that's the word at the beginning mm. of Scripture. Is even if that's what you seek, you know, uh, there's you know in church history there are kind of like the desert fathers, and there's this monasticism and this being away and not speaking. It it really is not, it's not God's ideal plan, and so whether you like it or or not, um, we we need each other. That's what yeah. I mean. That's what it, this is all about. For some of us, we need to choose other people, um, even when we don't want to choose other people. Hmm. So. Wow. So the the church, as we all know, right? It's not a building; it, it is people. So. Why and how is the church so critical to our own mental well-being? I mean, there's there's so many things, Dave, in that question. Um, why and how is the church so critical? Um, man, uh, so I, I spoke this last week and really emphasized the fact that the, the church is— um, it's a number of things for us. Um, a couple of those things are, it's a it's a people in this world that we can identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's people that have, um, we speak the same language. Um, we have hopefully some of the same customs, the same ideals, um, the same optimism. Um, we uh, have common goals. We, we have, eventually we have a common destination that we're all headed to. 
And so I think those of us that have traveled internationally or you guys have lived internationally, um, to be around people that are like you, speak your language, um, there's something that's comforting mm -hmm. about that. And I think a lot of people in this world, they look around and they're longing for a home that they can't find anywhere else. Wow. And I know when I came to, to know Christ, I, f I found a place where I, like, I, I belonged, yeah. wow. un unlike any other place I've ever belonged. So Yeah. You know, I talk about living overseas. You know, there are times I've... Did you live overseas? <laughs> yeah, I don't, awesome. know if I, ever, I don't know if I ever told you guys that. Oh. Probably got to tell more stories about <laughs> it, but... You know, it's really cool, man. You're out, like in my, my case, was in a big city, and man, you're running around trying to learn language and all this and stuff, and you run into people that have, you, not to sound too mystical, but they've got a light in their eyes. That light in their eyes comes to the same place that the light in your eyes comes from. Mm -hmm. So you're out there in what feels like darkness, you know, just kind of a darkness. Mm -hmm. It's a darkness that comes from just being separated from God, you know? And man, when you when you run across these people that they you know it's like, dude, oh my gosh, this guy has got to know the Lord, and then mm -hmm. and then it turns out they do, right? Yeah, that light it's it's just like being lost in the woods. You see a light of your campsite or something. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome to get back, man. And to be around people of light is just just it, it just fills you up. But you, there's a connect. You're connected, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, you're mentioning in Romans 12. That's just the the effect of belonging on who we are and our mental health and the peace that that brings. And there's, I think also in Romans 12, Paul highlights humility, love, service, solidarity with people. And I, and I wonder too, if Paul's, there's like two sides to it. When you are part of the body of Christ, you receive that belonging from other people. They're welcoming you. They're loving you. They're making you feel welcome. And there's also that part where we're unleashed to be truly and fully human and Christ-like as we do that to other people. I, I know for me, like my, and I think this is true for everyone. If we're not living towards other people in humility and love and like joining them and serving them, then that affects our mental health too. Like we become selfish, insular. Um, we become so focused on ourselves, and we crush under it. And when in the gospel, we're joined to a people and unleashed to be Christ to others as well, mm -hmm. that has its own way of bringing a peace, which, I mean, it sounds weird, right? Be humble and love and serve others. How is that going to bring me mental health? Well, try it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Try living in a way that you forget about yourself for a little bit and you see Christ work through you toward others mm -hmm. and someone else experience the peace of place in the family. And all of a sudden it brings a level of joy that mm -hmm. is really unmatchable. Yeah. That's cool. It's, and instead of catching this downward spiral mm -hmm. to do that, you know, lift up our eyes and focus on somebody else. It's almost like catching an updraft. <laughs> it just, right. It brings us up. Yeah. I mean, you, you, if you're sitting around people, I mean, if the four of us, if we are expressing to one another and living in light of one another, and we're displaying or demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit, you yeah. know, you think about that. If we're being loving and peaceful and joyful and all of those things and gracious towards one another, how full are we? Yeah. And yeah. how quickly would we be to reciprocate that to mm -hmm. one another? I mean, it's not just you, you benefit from from it in the way that other people, you know, when they do it to you, you benefit as well. Yeah. And I, I love the familial language of scripture. I mean, it could have, there, there are harder and colder words that are used. You know, it's like we're a building, we're, we're citizens. And so we have, you know, a similar passport, things like that. But man, like we actually have like an altered birth certificate wow. as well. And to say that, 
we are we are family. We're family in um, a way that even our our earthly families not. Um, it's mm. it's pretty incredible, and and we get to be family in ways that other people's um, they've never even experienced in family because family is supposed to be, um, and this is tough in a fallen world, but family is supposed to be the place where you let down your hair. You, you can be yourself. You can be vulnerable. Um, you know, the, the expectations are, you know, lessened uh, from what the world would place on you and things like that. That's what church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be coming home, being with family, letting down your hair, taking off your mask. And unfortunately, um, we, we don't go there, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes with our relationships in the church. It's a great place to stop. Jason, thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so, because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.